Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When God chose me to become a Christian, He just didn't choose me as an event. Fire insurance, read on. You didn't choose me, Jesus said, I chose you, and I appointed you. You have an appointment with destiny. I appointed you to go and produce fruit, to be useful as servant, serving this body, and then as ambition to the world. I chose you, appointed you to go and produce fruit, fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Those who have been in the body of Christ for any length of time might be familiar with the term fire insurance. This term is often used when looking at salvation as merely an event, rather than a lifelong change of growth as a disciple of Christ. One look at the Gospels and Epistle of the New Testament, and we can clearly deduce that salvation is far greater than fire insurance. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark reflects on the importance of growth as disciples of Christ and asks a very important question. Are you living up to the potential that God has in store for you? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Dr. Jesus Makes House Calls. I want to ask you a question today. Have you reached the potential that God has for you? You see, when you were born, God created for you a plan for your life. Matthew has no clue. Matthew's, Matthew many times has seen Jesus going by, and he, he's probably thinking, well, is there any hope for me? No, I've, man, I'm empty, but I keep hearing about this Jesus. And we know that Jesus had been passing many times. This isn't the first time that he heard of Jesus. He didn't just get off and follow Jesus, didn't know who he was. He had seen the miracles. He had, I mean, I mean, the word in town was Jesus. But Matthew, maybe like you had thought, uh, man, I, look who I am. I mean, I can't be a follower of Jesus. I have no potential left. I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter what you've done. You always have potential with Jesus. He's here to change lives. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. I mean, Matthew is the worst. If you look at the 12 apostles, the worst sinner, if I can put it that way, is Matthew. The absolute worst, cheating his own people, robbing his own people, hating the religion of the day, just involved in everything, everything just horrible. And Jesus says, hey, well, come follow me. You see, it wasn't who Matthew was, it was who Matthew would become. Do you know that God has an incredible potential ahead of you? 
In fact, the Bible says it's more than you can even think or imagine. I remember, well, when I was younger, I remember my dad's church, and I remember even going to my grandpa's church. And, and I remember at the age of about 15 or 16, I was the youth president in the church. And man, I'd lead it. We are Christ ambassador, la, 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 la. And I'd teach once in a while. And then I went off to college and I got involved in InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. And I, man, I met Baptists and Presbyterian Episcopals and all kind of people. And I began teaching Bible studies. Then I got married and we moved down here and I was active in church and taught. And in fact, taught Sunday school. Some, you know, Jimmy and Rosie, I, I taught them in Sunday school back in the 70s. In my wildest imagination, I never thought I'd be here. But see, God had potential, and it's not about me, it's about him. And you have incredible potential. Matthew has no, look at this, Matthew, think where Matthew is. Matthew's here, a tax collector. People hate him, they can't stand him. Do you know what happens in a few years? Matthew is transformed. He becomes one of the original 12 apostles. He gets to see Jesus do all kinds of incredible things. As he's sitting here, none of that's even in his mind. In fact, so much so that after Jesus goes back to heaven, Matthew's in the upper room. Those 120 people changed the world. Here we are 2,000 years later, and whose book are we studying this morning? Unbelievable. He put down his pen, two divided by four, and you owe me... He put down his pen with calculator and began writing the New Testament. You see, on that morning or afternoon, not in his mind did he ever think anything like that could happen. But God had a plan for his life. And he's got a plan for your life. Have you reached your potential? If you say, I've reached it, I'm going to say to you, you forgot one of the CCs. Which one is that? You got it right. We'll have more to say about that next week. Don't miss next week. We're going to talk about old crummy wine skin. Just, you don't want to miss it. I'll do that again next week for you. It's great. I want you to turn in your Bibles. Just keep your finger right there, Matthew. Turn back to the book of John. John chapter 15. I want you to write this. And I want you to write something right in your Bible if you do that. You see, in this potential that God saw, it was not who Matthew was. It's never that. It's who he would become. Well, you might say, well, I can take a lot of pride in that. No, you can't. John 15, 16, and I'll read it. It's on the overhead, but you there. Just write in there, my potential My potential. This is God's potential for you. My potential. Why? Look what it says. Jesus says this. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. And some of you may say, no way. I chose to be a Christian. No, you didn't. You did after God chose you. Well, how many people does God choose to be Christians? Well, how many are sinners? All. So how many does he choose? Oh, now some of you come maybe from a Calvinist background or whatever, and we love those people, they're going to go to heaven, but they teach five-point Calvinism, and one of their tenets is this, limited grace, that God actually chose some of you not to be a Christian and to go to hell. I don't believe that. 
I don't see that in the scripture. In fact, I see that the Bible says he doesn't want any to perish. So see, when God chose me to become a Christian, he just didn't choose me as an event. Fire insurance, read on. You didn't choose me. Jesus said, I chose you and I appointed you. You have an appointment with destiny. I appointed you to go and produce fruit, to be useful as servant, serving this body, and then as a mission to the world. I chose you, appointed you to go and produce fruit, fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This morning, this story of Matthew, it should be your story. It is my story. I've been appointed by God, chosen by God, gifted by God to serve him. What a privilege. You see, that's why you're going to see something interesting in the book of Matthew. How much do we know about Matthew? Almost nothing. Why? Because he's humble. See, if I'm writing my own book, uh, I'm going to put some things in about me. Six four, strong, good looking, ladies man before married, ladies man, drives a great car. Well, you don't see anything with that. You say, what do you see about Matthew? Matthew, why? Because he knew that God chose him. If God doesn't stop there, who knows what happens to the rest of his life? God is going down the aisles right now. He's stopping at your little tax collector's booth. He's talking to you. I'm not talking to you. God is. Will you follow him? Have you stopped in the potential that he has for you? See, just a few years ago when God called me here in wildest imagination, and I don't know what tomorrow will be like. It's going to be incredible. He said, Pastor Mike, I hear when people become Christians, so bad stuff happens. Well, sure it does, just like anything. You know, I got up this morning and went out and the paper wasn't there. I've been upset all day about that. And I finally got a hold of today's newspaper. You know how it is. Hello, this line's busy and we're giving the person in front of you the same service you're getting. I'm thinking, poor guy, because I know what's going to happen. And I talked to the gal and she says, well, are we a little late delivering that route this morning? I said, well, not really too late because all my neighbors around me have my paper. Oh, sorry, Mr. Bomber, we'll have it right out. You see, when you serve Christ, bad things do happen in your life. <laughs> Worse things than that? Mm-hmm. Lots. Do you know that we don't know how Matthew was killed, but most people believe he was martyred? Do you believe when he's getting ready to be martyred and he looked back at that stool, do you, do you think he said, I made the wrong choice? Not in a million years. Or a billion. Or a quadrillion. You see... We're too earthly-minded. It's not about here. Well, why does Jesus choose an IRS agent? I mean, is there anybody in here that likes the internal revenue agents? You get a letter, says, please come, bring 2002 tax report. We're going through it again. What? See, the only people that like an IRS agent are the person's husband or wife and the family dog. That's it. Nobody likes them. I came across this the other day. I thought it was good. If you put together the two words, the and IRS, together it spells theirs. <laughs> That's exactly right, isn't it? Just here you are, have it. It's yours. Well, Jesus 
saw that incredible potential. And he says to him, look at verse 9, back to Matthew 9, 9. He says, follow me. Now Luke says that Matthew got up instantly, left everything behind and followed him. So when Jesus called to Matthew, he had seen Jesus before. It says he got up, he left everything. And I believe probably the next day or two, he went back and said to his boss, you know, I'm turning my things in, here's my money, whatever, I'm through, and boom, boom, boom. He left everything and he followed Jesus. And here's something important. He never, ever, ever, ever looked back. Now here's another why question for you today. Why did Matthew follow Jesus? Why did he leave all the money, all the stuff, all the position? Why did he follow? Here's the answer. Following Dr. Jesus cures the emptiness of life. He knew it. You see, one of the most important things that you have to understand today is Matthew was honest with himself. He admitted he was empty. When will that take place in your life? When will you finally quit trying to fool yourself and say, I'm not happy. I don't have purpose. All this stuff doesn't mean anything to me. The sooner you admit it, the quicker Dr. Jesus can apply the cure. Matthew followed because he was honest. He admitted that he was empty. He knew it was the right thing to do. Yesterday I was uh, out for a few minutes and went to one of the stores, Publix, and got some groceries. And as usually when I go to the store, there's all kind of people, hey, Pastor Mike, how are you? Let me get shaken. Whatever, so I have a great time. <laughs> no, I do. I enjoy it. I love to. I was thinking this morning, I wonder if I could stand out there and shake everybody's hand and they go out that door and whatever. But I tried it a few years ago and I got carpal tunnel and whatever, so I just can't do it. But I love, I love being around people. I love to be around you. And please stop me. I'd love to. And you say, well, somebody stopped me this morning and said, I got this thing and I'm about to cry and I don't want to bother you. Don't, don't bother. We're here to be bothered. That's why we're here. That's why the pastors are here. We, we want to minister to you. Well, anyways, in the store. You know, all these people did all this kind of stuff for me. And, you know, some of them follow me, see what I put in my basket. No, they, they don't do that. They don't do that. I go right to the Krispy Kreme thing and just take it right and put it right in there. No, I don't. Well, as I get ready to check out, this gal's checking me out. She looks up and she goes, Calvary Chapel, right? I said, yeah. I said, you've been there? She said, once. I said, once? <laughs> what? Was it that bad? <laughs> Did you run into one of our pastors that treated you unkindly or the parking lot guy put you in there? What was it? She said, no, I came because of a relative. They asked, invited me to come. I said, well, why don't you come back again? She said, you know what? Church isn't my thing. She's a teenager. So I said, what do you mean church isn't your thing? <laughs> and boy, I gave it to her for about 10 minutes. The people behind me were really upset, but I was giving her the God. No, I didn't. <laughs> now, why did she say that? Is she being honest with herself? No, she's not. See, because Solomon, the wisest man in all the world, here's what he said. God has put eternity in your heart. You know when you die... Oh, you're not going into the ground. Oh, your body is. But your spirit's going to one of two places. You know that instinctively. 
She never goes to church, but she knows that. The Bible tells us that she knows that by nature. She knows it by conscience. So what is she doing? She's just deceived. She's deceiving herself. See, as you sit here today, you know the right thing to do is to follow God. That's what you were created to do. Matthew follows because he goes, I'm tired of playing games with myself. I'm following Jesus. Everything else is a dead road. Wise move. Wise move. Now, as Matthew does this, well, he does leave everything behind. He also knows because of the Old Testament, the prophecies of the Messiah coming. He knew the Old Testament. He watches the life of Jesus and he goes, that's the Messiah. Because of that, he turns his life over and begins this incredible walk. Someone has said this about Matthew as he chose to follow Jesus. He lost a comfortable job, but he found a destiny. He lost a good income, but he found honor. He lost a comfortable security, but he found an adventure the like of which he had never dreamed. You see, I'm living an adventure like I've never lived before. Oh, 20 years ago when I was working at Wistoff and just teaching in the church and whatever, I loved the adventure then. I mean, way back when I was 16 and we are Christ ambassadors, I loved it because I was serving God. You see, when you turn your life over to God, yes, you leave everything behind and you turn over to Him. doesn't mean you don't have stuff, but the stuff doesn't really matter anymore. It's just side issues. When you turn your life over to God, it is an adventure. It's an adventure of trusting him every single... I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow morning. I'm praying my paper comes. <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe I need to call the gal again and talk to her again. I don't know. I'm being joking with you. Because I don't know what tomorrow... It could be very tough tomorrow. But I'd rather face that day with God than without him. And that's what life's about. Because this is a pretty short time here. We're traveling through, guys. And the adventure is now. Don't wait. I've often thought, what if Matthew waited? What if Jesus had never stopped by? But he did. And Matthew didn't wait. And the adventure begins the day you get off and go, I'm following Jesus. That's the day life brings purpose and meaning not a second before well Matthew's going to do some neat things first thing we see back in verse 10 he's going to invite Jesus to his house Luke tells us it's a huge party now why would Jesus want to go to the house of Matthew here's why remember the study we talked about a couple weeks ago Jesus said I really don't have a place to lay my head so Jesus isn't used necessarily to these great meals all the time now he's thinking Matthew Matthew's rich Matthew can put a spread on like nobody else Matthew doesn't believe in the Jewish jazz I'm going to have non-kosher food hallelujah <laughs> so Jesus has heard there's a reputation of Matthew he cooks the and he grills the greatest four inch center cut pork chop stuff that you've ever seen and it's been a long while since Jesus had my... So he says, I'm coming to your house, baby. <laughs> Is that why he went? How do you know? <laughs> the Bible doesn't tell us everything. 
No, that's not why he went. Let's read verse 10. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? I want you to stop right there. The Pharisees see this and they ask the disciples. We sometimes forget that Jesus has all his disciples with him. They ask him a why question. You're going to see as we move on on the teaching, Jesus doesn't allow his disciples to answer. Because they don't have the answer. You know, some things in life, when you ask a why question, you won't know the answer until you get to heaven. There's some things that have happened in my life that just don't make sense. Oh, they do to God, but they don't to me. So when I come to those things, I always go back to that which I do know, that God's a good God. And all things are going to work together. Not all things are good, but all things work together for good. So the Pharisees are asking, why in the world is Jesus here? He doesn't allow his disciples to answer. And you'll see in a moment what his answer is. Well, take a think, and I, and I, want, you to, I want you to go and ask yourself another question. Why did Jesus go to a party at Matthew's house? No, it wasn't for the pork chops. What was it for? Here's what it's for. Dr. Jesus went to the party because Matthew invited him. There's some of you this morning that need to invite Dr. Jesus to your house, your home. If I might speak frankly, your marriage is sick. Your relationship with your teenagers is sick. You're hurting. And you might even be a Christian today, but you're trying to solve those things, getting your marriage back healthy, getting your relationships with your kid healthy, getting the bank account healthy. You're trying to do that without Dr. Jesus. The Bible says this, that a house divided against itself can't stand. It says, unless God builds a house, it'll never make it. Don't be embarrassed to invite Dr. Jesus to your home. If I'm talking to you, when you leave today, get your spouse together and say, let's invite Jesus. Oh, you're here and you're here on Sundays and that's good. And you don't want anybody to know there's a struggle going on. You you remember the only way Matthew got help was he admitted his need. You need Dr. Jesus. He's the answer to every problem in your home. Well, why did Jesus go to Matthew's party? Because he was invited. Now, Put yourself in Matthew's shoes. It says in our scripture that when Jesus goes to this big house, who's there? Take a look. Who's there? What's it say? Well, I got the religious people. We don't know. They're probably outside because they can't go inside because that makes them unclean. They're going, yeah. The idea that salvation is more of a one-time event rather than a lifetime of growth and change is an unfortunate misunderstanding of the gospel. Jesus told us in the Gospel accounts that He came to give us life, and life more abundantly. In today's message, Pastor Mark expanded on the Gospel of Matthew to help us better understand just what it is that God intends for all of mankind through His Son. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Many would agree that to withhold the cure for a deadly disease from mankind would be a grievous act and evil against humanity. This is especially true if you look at this from a biblical perspective regarding sin. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will stress the importance of being a presence of light in an otherwise dark and fallen world. In the message, you'll learn some key points that will help you to better witness to others who have yet to receive Christ. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is given